What's going on, y'all? Welcome to episode 28 of Marshall Town. What's going on, bro? Hey, bro. How you doing? Can't complain. We got we got some trades to talk about. Trade deadline was Thursday in the NBA. And so uh, obviously there's always instant reaction, but we've had a couple days to sit down with these deals, talk about what deals made sense, what deals didn't make sense, and who's doing what and what is this team doing. So uh I mean obviously the, the biggest the biggest names, the biggest deals. I think everybody agrees that the Knicks and the Mavericks did some good things. The Knicks getting Bojak Bogdanovic and Alec Burks from Detroit, and then the Mavericks getting PJ Washington from Charlotte and Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. Celtics pick up Xavier Tillman, pretty pretty low key, but a solid pickup. The Sixers getting Buddy Hill, also trading Patrick Beverly to the Bucks for campaign, and also trading Jaden Springer to the Celtics. We can talk about what the Sixers did and what that means going forward. To me, though, honestly, outside of the Knicks and the Mavericks making solid deals. And the Sixers trying to figure out whatever they're doing. Um, the Bulls are the story for me. And I've been talking about the Bulls. We've talked about the Bulls leading up to the deadline all season. It's like, yo, they're on that list of teams that are sort of like in no man's land. Like, what are you doing? And once again, this franchise showed us on Thursday that they are very unserious. Dude, we got to go, go over it again. DeMar DeRozan is a free agent this year. Mid-30s, Zach Levine, great player, but he's not a number one. And honestly, if you want to really be truthful and honest at this point in his career, as far as a championship competing team, I would say he's a third option. Like, honestly, if you trade him to the Lakers, he's a third option behind LeBron and AD. That's just what it is. If, you trade him to, if he's on a Denver Nuggets team with Jokic and Jamal Murray, he's that third guy, right? And so... That's how I see a Zach Levine. And then that price tag in a couple of years is just, I'm not paying, what is it, $40 million or something crazy? Like, no, no way. Ain't no way. And so your top two young assets, I guess, you know, Kobe White and Alex Caruso, I'm pretty sure the asking price for Alex Caruso was crazy high. Kobe White should stay there. You're not moving him. He's hooping. But as far as the this, this future of this franchise, they're going to be in danger of being sort of like, the Wizards and Blazers, right? The Blazers were too late in letting go of CJ and Dame, and the Wizards were too late in letting go of Bradley Bill and John Wall. These teams are always two, three years too late as far as moving forward, understanding that we've gone as far as we can go. And so I'm hearing things, you see things on social media, on Twitter, like, yeah, we're trying to compete. We're trying to compete. We're trying to go, you know, go for a run, a run where? A play in, a <laughs> TV classic again against the Raptors or somebody or the Hawks. Like, it's the same. Thing every year and so if I'm a Bulls fan I'm upset I'm annoyed the Bulls aren't serious at this point for me it, this was the perfect time to unload off of DeRozan Levine and Vucevic rock out with Kobe White if you want to keep Alice Caruso whatever but see what you can get for Caruso and, and move forward but what you're doing now is just we, we see where this is headed like we see we know where this is headed. Either the play-in or you're getting bounced. If somehow you actually make the playoffs, you're getting bounced. And then in the offseason, are you going to resign to Rosen? Okay, then what? Like this group, this trio that you guys have been putting out there is just not good enough to compete in the Eastern Conference where teams are go only going to get better and they're younger. And so to me, that was just looking at it. I laugh at the Bulls. That was the story to me. The Bulls continue to be very much unserious. 
Yeah, this this trade deadline, um, it, it wasn't as exciting as we have had in the past couple years. But, you know, these teams, they made some solid moves. I think the Knicks, they definitely made the best moves, I think. Because at first, when I saw the report they were getting Alec Burks for Quentin Grimes, I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling that one. Because Quentin Grimes, he's a young player. He's shown, you know, great potential mm-hmm. you know, being able to knock down threes, play solid defense, make plays for them off the bench. And I view Alec Burks like, He's a microwave. You know what I mean? He can get hot at times, but sometimes he just can shoot himself out the game and can hurt your team in the long run. But when I seen they got Bogdanovich with it, I'm like, okay, hold on. This is a good deal for them. Because the Knicks, man, they're playing good basketball. Like, we talk about, you know, Jalen Brunson, you know, but Dante DiVincenzo has stepped up. They got the best trade piece, I think, of the season, the OG and Obi. That's why I wanted mm-hmm. the Sixers to get. And we saw as soon as he got there, he made an instant impact. And I know he's going to be out for a little bit, you know, because he has a little injury. But he'll be back in time for, you know, the end of the regular season and the playoffs. So once that happens, man, they're going to be a dangerous team to beat. Um, The Mavericks, I like the Mavericks. I like what they did, too. They added another big. They needed another big guy down there because Derek Lively, he's a young guy. He gets in foul trouble. But he's a good good defensive player. He just gets in foul trouble a lot. So they need that other big to be there and, you know, provide minutes for them. Because, you know, they have guys like, um, pal, like you know these these guys, these European guys, they're not the best defenders. They can shoot and they space the floor, out, but they needed some more. Anyway, they needed better defenders, better rebounders. As far as the Bulls, man, I'm just I'm over it at this point. We've been over it, but I'm officially over it because this was their one time to really stock up and retool their team for the future and get assets. And they just sat there and said, "No, we think we can compete." And I don't know how they think that. I don't know what they're watching, but. It is what it is. I mean, that's what they want to do. It's their team, so who am I, right? But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I do like Kobe White. If it wasn't for Maxie, he he could be most improved this year. But other than that, I'm like, bro, it's time to give it up. And we all know that. As far as the Sixers, I like the Buddy Hill move. I do. Um, a couple people were hitting my phone saying, why did we get rid of Morris, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, come on. I know he's from Philly. I know that, you know, he got the key to the city. But we got to get away from the theatrics. Like, it, it, it is what it is. Buddy Hill is a better player than him right now. He provides shooting. He provides scoring. You know, Buddy Hill can score, too. You know, he's not just a shooter, even though that's the main thing he does. He has times where he can get to the cup or get to the little mid-range. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then you got to think about the full picture. When Embiid comes back and teams are doubling him, teams are focusing their attention to him, you have one of the best shooters in the league. You know, he could be wide open. You know what I mean? Give him the ball, spotting up to see what he does. So, you know, these teams, they made solid moves, solid role player moves, and we'll see how it goes in the long run for them. Yeah, with the Sixers, it's honestly, you know, the Buddy Hill thing, this is a guy that, you know, I think a lot of fans have been hoping we could try to get even before this year, right? And so to be able to get him is solid. Um, I know Campaign had a – what he put up? He put up a solid number last night, I think, right? You think it's 22. You know, so – Honestly, but, you know, when it comes to the Pat Bev campaign deal, um, I'm indifferent with it right now. You know, I, I have no take on it. Honestly, I love the energy and the presence that Patrick Beverly brings. And that's just, you know, you know what you're going to get um, when, it, when it comes to that team. It's funny to me, you know, I'm not the highest on Jaden Springer offensively, but defensively what he's shown recently getting more playing time has been promising, right? And my, one of my biggest problems with this franchise is that, Outside of Maxi, you haven't had any young, promising, developing guys, right, to look forward to, right? And so 
once a guy shows promise and Jaden Springer, at least defensively, not offensively, he has a long way to go. And if you ever get there, I don't know. But you trade him to a Boston team that, you know, let's say Springer just really develops into a defensive ace for them. Then that's just something you got to deal with in recent years. That, that to me didn't make sense. You know, I, I don't understand. They got to, I got to see where, where that's, where, where are we going now? Where are we going with this deal? You know what I mean? And so we'll see with that. But at the end of the day for the Sixers, it all comes down to, to Joel Embiid. Is he going to play? I don't know. I have my thoughts on that. If he should play, just looking out for himself, number one, because the franchise to me has shown no issue with putting him out there in harm's way. And so I don't trust the franchise. I don't trust the training staff, the medical staff, whatever, because like I said before, it was irresponsible to put him out there on the floor in Golden State, and this is why you're in this spot. And so I'm not a doctor. You can see different things on Twitter from doctors saying this is what this means. I don't like the, 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 the cryptic messages from the team. I still don't know what's going on. So in a few weeks, then he'll be evaluated again. So we still don't know what's going to happen. Yes, the surgery was successful, but in four weeks, we'll reevaluate. Then what? You know what I mean? And so let's say he does come back. He's always had issues with his conditioning. How is the conditioning going to be now? You know what I mean? Like, that's my biggest concern when it comes to Joel Embiid, all these deals, when it comes to getting healed and campaign. If Embiid isn't 100% or even close to it, to me, it's not even going to matter. Like, that's 30 points, 35 points, 40 points, 70 points as, we, as we've seen, right? Like, on any given night when he's at his best, that's the one advantage that you have. And now, now what? You know what I mean? And so, to me, that's the biggest thing with the Sixers. And also, you got to stay afloat. Look at those standings. Look at that schedule. The L's are piling up. Like, yeah, there's hope that he might come back, but what is he coming back to? Could they be a playing team at this point? I mean, if they keep losing, well, naturally, yeah, that's going to happen, right? And so without him be, you're relying on Therese Maxey to step up. You're relying on Tobias Harris to step up. You're relying on Buddy Hill to come in and, and really have an instant impact. And so... Those are my two concerns with with the Sixers, Joel Embiid's conditioning and and health long-term, obviously, but more so this year, how's the conditioning going to be? And then if he comes back, when he comes back, what is he coming back to? What's that that looking like? Do you want to face a play-in situation, extra game or maybe extra two games, what have you? You know what I mean when it comes to that? So that's my biggest concern when it comes to the Bulls. Also, I like like the deadline for Trey Mann. Um, He got traded to the Hornets, Gordon Hayward's to OKC. We'll see what that does for OKC. I haven't... Gordon Hayward does seem like he hasn't been healthy or he hasn't really been playing much. And so when healthy, when 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 really able to be out there, he can make an impact for that team of veteran presence. So we'll see. But Trey Mann has been a guy that, you know, I watch a lot of Thunders games. And anytime he's gotten playing time, he's always making like he, he's making something happen. Right. And so he just was never going to get playing time on a Thunder rotation. That's just they just they're just stacked. He's a talented guy. And so I think in Charlotte, the rest of this half half of the season after the All-Star break, this is his best opportunity. The league is about opportunity. Go out, rock out. Brandon Miller is a hooper. You got Lamelo Ball out there. Trey Mann can maybe find his spot as like an off the bench microwave creator for that franchise and find his lane in the league. So I'm excited to see what Trey Mann can do um, when it comes to that opportunity. Um, but yeah, the Bulls aren't serious. That that's my overarching theme. And Bulls fans, I don't know what to tell you, man. You always got the Derrick Rose years. You got the the Mike and Scotty. Dennis Rodman years to go back to, but it's a wrap. Shout out to Kobe White, though. Shout out 
Shout out to Kobe White. You're, you're hooping. But the Bulls are in serious. I don't know what the Raptors are doing. I don't know why you get Kelly Olenek, but whatever. <laughs> like, well, actually, I, I like that, though, because they got Ochi, too. They got Ochi Abaji. You know, I'm and surprised he Utah got rid of him. Yeah. Abaji, I'm surprised. Could, you know, he's, you know he, he could definitely develop into a solid player in this league, man. <clears> so, I mean, hey. We'll see. The Raptors, they're always trying to find young talent to, you know, groom them, develop them. So, we'll see. We'll see. Kelly Link was just a head scratch for me for the Raptors, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought Utah would have been able to get something else for him. Um, I'm not sure what did they get for him, Kelly Olenek. They, uh, nah, they trade. I know they traded a first round pick. I don't know what else. So, I think they might have traded. Um, so they actually traded a first round pick. Can you yeah, see my screen? They, you can't see yeah, my screen. Can I can't see it yet. Uh, but I know they traded a first round pick because yeah, they okay. They traded the Jazz traded. No, the Jazz got a first round pick. That's why I meant the Raptors traded the first round pick for him. That's what I'm saying. That's what they got. So that's why I don't understand that for Toronto. Why are you giving up a first round pick? I think it's a late first. And you got to remember, Ochi was a first round pick just last year, right? So I guess you're getting rid of a late first for a guy that was just a first. I don't know. But I, man, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just a 2024 first rounder too. It's yeah, I think I think they just see something of Ochi, which you know who knows. I mean, he's a solid player. Um, I'm something shocked. I thought Utah really liked him, but Utah has a lot of young guys. So um, I guess Utah. We had a conversation. To, we had a conversation about the Jazz about their guys: Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Chris Dunn. I guess they're gonna rock out and try to crash the play-in party um, or what have you. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. All right, Super Bowl is Sunday. 49ers, Chiefs, who you got? Man, I, I honestly, I've been going back and forth all week on it, but I'm going with the Chiefs, man, for two reasons. One, they got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Two, like I said, the 49ers haven't played a full game of playoff football yet. So when I'm looking at those two things, I'm going with the Chiefs, man. And then at the end of the day, I think that Chiefs defense is really going to affect the 49ers offense, man. We know what the 49ers offense is. They want to dink and dunk. They want to get it. They want to get the run after catch going. You know, um, in order for the 49ers to win, I think they're really going to have to use CMC. And I think the Chiefs know that. You know, Spagnola is a smart defensive coordinator. They have Chris Jones, you know, who's a great interior lineman. Um, Their secondary has improved a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. I just think it's it's the Chiefs, you know, they're going to – I think they're going to win it again. And, we you know, we saw this matchup before in the 49ers. They could have won that game, but it was poor management by Shanahan. And we've seen that trend, you know, with him throughout his career in these big games. Mm-hmm. So I'm not about to just go against that right now. Um, the 49ers do have a chance, though. It's not like, you know, it's some crazy lopsided game. But I, my pick is just the Chiefs. If I was betting the money on it, I would go with the Chiefs, man. Pat Mahomes, he's been on a mission. You know, people were talking about them all regular season, like, oh, they don't look the same. They don't look the same. And look, here we are in February talking about them in the Super Bowl. And this just goes to show you, man, like, you can't go against the green at certain times. Like, certain players just rise to that occasion. So, and then even Travis Kelsey, man, like, Travis Kelsey didn't have the best regular season either, but mm-hmm. we saw what he did to Baltimore last week. And that Baltimore defense is legit. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going with the Chiefs, man. That's my pick. It's simple for me. Who has Patrick Mahomes? You know, I've been asked, who do I got? I got Patty. It's as simple as that. Like, he's 
there are certain guys in sports in certain positions like quarterback. When you see them on the field, you, you got to take your chance with them because you know there's going to be one or two moments where a big play is made or needed and he is going to make a play. Like the plays that he made against Baltimore, right? The crazy pass to Travis Kelsey or the pass late in the game to seal it um, in Baltimore. It, it's those plays that you know he's going to make that you can't even you can't even account for no matter what you do as a defense, right? Like no matter how locked in your your, your secondary is in, how, no matter how much pressure you're, you're giving. And Patrick Mahomes is a guy that raises the level of his guys. He's going to allow his guys to make those big plays. And he's he, even though sometimes those guys may not be reliable or sometimes they may have their struggles outside of Kelsey, somehow, some way, one of those guys are going to make a play. And I just, I just trust it. It's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be, but one of those Chiefs guys that you're not expecting. Obviously, we know about Kelsey and, and, and Mahomes, but there's going to be a guy. Pacheco's been doing his thing too, but there's going to be a guy that's going to make a play. It might be one. You might look back on the box, but he only got one catch. But that one catch was like a huge one on third down. You know what I mean? And also, when you're looking at matchups, especially when it comes down to the playoffs, like who has the bigger margin of error. And when you face Mahomes, your margin of error shrinks. Like you cannot give them anything. We saw it against Baltimore, right? It was Zay Flowers who fumbled, you know, trying to go into the end zone. You cannot do that because Mahomes is going to take advantage of that. And so the 49ers have to be on point. When you're playing the Chiefs, we saw it last year when the Eagles played. You cannot give them any light. Like as great as the first half was and Jalen Hurts played, we gave Mahomes a, some daylight, and he took advantage. And so when you're playing the Chiefs team, specifically with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you pretty much got to be on – like you can't – you got to be on point. You got to convert on third down. You cannot turn the ball over because if you don't, you punting it, more opportunities for Mahomes to go to work. You just cannot do it. I'm telling you. And so Mahomes and me is like we, – we've, we've heard this – commentary but i think it's really true he's he's mj like he's getting in the way of certain quarterbacks certain players winning rings just like mj did in the 90s a lot of great players a lot of hall of famers didn't win because of him same with tom brady a lot of quarterbacks didn't win eli manning snuck a couple in there nick Foles got one <laughs> in the 90s akeem Olajuwon got a couple with the rockets when when mike decided to play baseball and so mahomes is he's there now mar jackson hasn't won Josh Allen hasn't won. You know what I mean? Like Joe Burrow, you know, he hasn't won yet. Like he has to get healthy, obviously. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But there are a lot of great players and great quarterbacks right now who just, yeah, because of the Chiefs, because of Mahomes, they're not winning. And so I got to go with Mahomes. The score, I would say about, I can see the Chiefs putting up 30, something like a 30 to 20 something range. I could see that happening. That's fair. I think like a, I could see a 28 to 24 type of game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be a good game. This is going to be a good yeah. school. I don't know if it's going to be better than last year's. Even though we lost, that was just a great football game. Oh, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, good game. But I just think I'm just I'm I, I'm just not still like I'm not sold on Brock Purdy yet, man, personally. <laughs> like I'm not sold. He had to he has to go out there and show me against, you know, tomorrow. You know yeah. what I mean? Cuz honestly, I think this game is going to come down to turnovers too. And, and can I can't do that against yeah. 
Mark Purdy has been suspect with these with some of these interceptions that he's thrown or, or yeah. you know, almost interceptions. Mm-hmm. So these Chiefs, these defenders make plays on these balls, man. It's like yeah. what we want to say, you know what I mean? So I'm trusting yeah. Mahomes more, and I'm trusting Andy Reid more in this situation uh-huh. too. So that's hey, what and Chris McCaffrey is, is going to be huge for them. Debo, so they have Debo, so that's going to be – I mean, those two guys. You got those two guys, you're going to have a chance, obviously. And so I'm interested to see how the defense handles CMC and Debo. If they can have – you know, if, if Debo and CMC starting to get in a rhythm early, that would be interesting to see. But if defense can really slow down, find a way to slow down CMC, yeah, it could be a long day. It could be a really, really long day. But uh, shout-outs to Andy Reid, Mahomes. Look, if Reid wins another ring, I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Famer, but – that conversation about greatest coach of all time, we gotta we gotta figure out where he's at on that list because we saw it in Philly what he did with that to that franchise and how he helped that franchise raise up. What he's doing now, we're talking about multiple eras facing different legendary teams and, and, and players, and he's still getting it done. From I think he was hired in '99, I believe, in Philly, and now 2024, a lot of coaches ain't here anymore, <laughs> you know. So. A lot of coaches have come and gone through the years, and he's still getting it done. And so I'm excited to see because he couldn't end if he continues to coach with Mahomes. I mean, who who knows how where it stops, right? You know, I think that's a conversation to be had. If if this is our new Belichick and Brady, if Andy Reid keeps winning, it may sound crazy, but I think the conversation has to be had. Like it has to when it comes to just offensive genius and adapting to today's game. Something has to be said to that. It has to be. So uh, I think it's a good game. Hope you guys enjoy it. But, yeah, we both got the Chiefs. We got Mahomes. Who do you think wins MVP? Is it going to be Mahomes or is it going to be Kelsey or a random <laughs> random player like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Man, I don't it, – it, it'll probably be Mahomes. I mean, that's the easy pick. But, hey, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, you know. <laughs> he I'll might go the fixes there. in. Yeah, the fix might be in for him. But, hey, hey. Pacheco too, man. Pacheco, he'd be balling in these big I, games. I was going to say, I think Pacheco, if he gets a couple touchdowns in there, if 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 I say take out Mahomes because that's the easy pick, right, I would say Pacheco. You got to Rice. I can see Rasheed Rice scoring two or three touchdowns. But that's, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying, though. You got Von Marquez Valdez, Scantling. You got guys that can make a random big play. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? But I, I think – I think Pacheco will have a great opportunity. He'll get he'll get the carries. He'll get the opportunities to get. I mean, look, if he scores two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, you got a chance. So yeah. I think he has an opportunity to make that happen. That that be that would be a great uh, jersey. I think jersey jersey from Jersey. Um, yeah, he. I believe he is from Jersey. Yeah, Jersey guy. So um, that that would be a good look for him. So yeah, that's our picks. We both got the Chiefs winning. Hope you guys enjoyed the game next week. All-Star Weekend next weekend, so we'll be able to talk about our thoughts on All-Star Weekend and the crazy feel for the dunk contest. Um, yeah, we'll give, we'll give our thoughts on that as well. But, yeah, thanks for watching. Remember, hit us up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you stream. We're on Amazon Podcast now. Also, social media, Marshall Time Podcast. Or is it Marshall Time Show? I think it's, it's Marshall, Marshall Time. It's Marshall Time Pod on Instagram. Marshall Time Pod on Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you guys for watching or listening. We'll see you all next week.